フラグスーツの補助もですすごいわハーモニクス全て正常値暴走ありませんいけるわ Welcome, welcome. We are AMO Kenzoku.、Uh, we are basically a group of four、uh, boomer otakus who wanted an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and all topics related.、Uh, so, our pilot episode today is going to be about the Evangelion rebuild movies. So, for anybody、uh, who's interested in not having things spoiled, I recommend passing on this episode. Otherwise, for all others, We're gonna do a deep dive, so I guess we'll start with intros. So I'm, I'm, I'm hosting today. I'm Nick. I'm Dylan. I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. All right, here we go, guys. So、uh, I guess、um, where, where do we want to start exactly? Do we want to maybe start with the,、uh, the kind of the history and the, and the background of the whole? Whole production of the rebuilds. I, I got some numbers here for you. All right, let's do, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we have the original TV air date for the original TV show. I like In、it. Japan, was October 1985 and it ran until March of 96.、Uh, it wasn't until a year later of,、uh, that we got our first episode from ADV on VHS in 96, 1996 in August.、Uh, and we didn't finish until.、Uh, Two years later in 1998.、Uh, and then the Rebuild movie aired theatrically in Japan in 2007, in September.、Um, Rebuild 2 in 2009,、uh, June. And Rebuild 3 in 2012. And then <laughs> Wait Forever、um, <laughs> in 2021, March,、uh, they had the theatrical release of 3.0 plus 1.0. So. Yeah, so I'm actually glad you brought those numbers up, Sam, because I was, that was going to be kind of the first factoid I brought up. Is this is kind of the year of people like, you know, saying that, you know, Object X is actually closer to this date than that date. Like, I, the first example I can think of is the, the, the N, original NES is actually closer to World War II than it is now, than to, than it is to now I believe. Oh、which is incredibly mind blowing. Being,、uh, we're, all, <laughs> we're, all, we're all like older millennials here, so I think that's pretty, pretty mind blowing. But yeah, I was going to say、uh, the first rebuild movie is actually closer to the original air date of the TV series than it is to the last rebuild movie, if I did my math correctly. Yeah, I was surprised so, by that when I looked at these numbers. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It goes, I think that goes to show how.、Uh, How patient EVA fans actually are. It's an interesting thing,、uh, says Dylan.、Uh, I watched the ad、uh, up on Prime. There's a two part NHK documentary on the making of the fourth one where they had film crews starting back in like 2017 and following through till 2021. So, like,、uh, Ano kind of like started, I think it. It's, everything's always hard to figure out without really diving in. If someone corrects me, go ahead. But, like, Ano kind of started it, like, started working on it right after、um, finishing 3.0. And then he was just burned and just basically took, like, five years off from working on it nearly, like, nearly that long, which、um, is a long time to then kind of come back and get everyone. Motivated to work on it.、Um, and in the,、uh, 
and the process for making it, like there was whole parts where his, his directorial style is, seems very interesting where he's kind of very hands off and he tries to let people just kind of go and do stuff. And he'll just kind of be like, Oh, we'll go and do this. And he'll look at it and be like, "Mm, that's not quite right. Let's go, go and do it again. And, uh, a lot of the documentary was with the staffers and people, you know, Surumaki and Maeda and uh, uh, Itaguchi and all the other, you know, major staffers over at Kara there who were working on and off. And they're like, you know, the reason we stay with it, even though he's super annoying, is just like, we want to know what the what the hell we're going to make in the end. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that goes to show how, you know, I mean, these guys have been with each other for decades now i mean you you know having worked with certain at least anecdotally like there there's only a handful of people that i've met in my entire life who i could be okay being in a professional like setting for that long so i think that goes to show how much like faith they had in his vision and like how much they trusted him to you know to to drag everybody kicking and screaming to the finish line you know however that may be and i mean I, I, obviously the end results were you know the payoff was to, at least in my opinion i think the payoff was phenomenal so yeah having just watched it right before we're recording this i was very happy with that yeah i'd i'd have to say if uh i can the, the one word i keep trying to describe like my feeling after watching uh, the fourth rebuild was just I was I was incredibly satisfied afterwards. Like I didn't I felt for the first time ever in my life I felt like, huh, I don't think I need more Eva anymore. <laughs> See, I had a similar feeling, except that it was one of those ones where I was kind of I literally also watched it tonight as well. This is like my third or fourth watching of it, um, and. After finishing it, I kind of just like sat there for like 10 minutes and was like, yeah, I just want to watch that again. <laughs> I I had a mixed feelings about it. I I really enjoyed it at, in the moment. Um, and then as I kind of reflected back on it, there were a lot of parts that bothered me about it. And then I, I couldn't help but compare it to the TV series um, and the movies after that and that colored my opinion. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm sure everybody has their kind of like, uh, I like this thing better than that thing. But um, yeah, it was overall, it was good. Like, I'll say that I can't say anything was bad, but um, I don't know, I guess because I love Ava so much, I, I tend to be nitpicky about stuff. But Fair. Actually, um, I think this can be a good, uh, good chance to do our first kind of roundtable debate. So, you know, I've, I've talked about to multiple people about uh, about the rebuilds and you know and getting other people's inputs and kind of how they're feeling what they're feeling the general sentiments are all like everybody liked it but to how much they liked it was kind of the the thing that was you know uh, contentious and I actually had a close friend of mine tell me straight up that the rebuild movies completely deprecates the TV series for him and. I think that's a very interesting take, and I actually wanted to toss that into this ring. So basically, he's suggesting that he doesn't even need to watch the TV series again. He he's perfectly content with <laughs> the entirety of his Eva Sphere being the rebuild movies, 
And I wanted to kind of take that and throw that into into this ring because I'm sure we got lots of opinions about that. I, so I, I thought about that actually as I was um, thinking about you know kind of gripes I had with the movies and like if I would tell somebody who'd never seen Ava and there are actually a couple of people at work that I've been trying to trying to get to watch this Ava in some form since it's so accessible right now um, and would I tell them to watch the rebuild movies? And just if they like it, then go watch the TV series. Or would I say watch the TV series, and if you like that, watch the rebuild movies? And I'm not sure. I mean, the rebuild movies are also pretty long, so it's not like you say you save time watching the rebuild movies. So, yeah, it's not clear cut. I might suggest the TV series, but I know that's a slightly different question than what you're asking. But in terms of like deprecating, like saying you don't need it. I don't know. Yeah, but that's actually, I'm surprised, Sam. I thought you, of all people, would be the first one to come and say, that's, you absolutely have to see TV series first. I'm actually surprised your your stance on it is actually as, as wavering as as it is. That's that's fascinating to me. Uh, but what, what about what about you guys, Mike and Dylan? What are your thoughts on, on that statement? Well, I kind of feel like the rebuild movies build onto the TV, at least that's the impression I got, so I'm not sure how they would work if I'd never seen the TV. I'll have to process that some more, honestly. Mm. Okay. I don't want to change the... I don't want my statement to change the question either, though. I did kind of deviate, so, like, I don't think it it deprecates the TV series, just to be clear. Okay. Uh, No, I don't... I don't think it deprecates the TV series. TV series is such a different thing. And if you go with the movies alone, you never get Cruel Angel's thesis in the opening there, which is just like, <laughs> it's, you know, between that and Cowboy Bebop, you know, those openings are just so incredible and they just suck you in. And as well, like the 5-1 remix for the TV series for the opening, like it's, it can't be beat. It's still one of the best 5-1 mixes ever, ever done for uh for for a remix, I think I don't think it supersedes it. There's enough different content um, that I think the TV series still stand, and you get such different uh, uh, interpretations. Particularly, I think there's a, there's a the beginning clearly like the first five episodes and the first movie are you know like ninety five percent the same. And we sure. can go into that further. There's a couple. There's a couple differences there, like where Masato takes Shinji down into. I always get confused between Central or Terminal Dogma, which <laughs> yeah. whichever whichever dog takes him down to see some dog. All the dogs, the dog, all the, the do- all the dog, all the dogmas, um, which is in the movies and clearly not in the TV. Um, not till the very very end, if I right. So there's that so. big there, and then you get some of the, the kind of like the the interesting uh some of that really interesting kind of angel stuff in the mid episodes and in the rebuild rather than having it be see this is where you know i should have done more research but because the tv series is it's uh 18 angels correct yes and it's and it's 13 and it's 13 in the rebuild so like there's they just cut out a whole bunch of them because they're like we don't need the weird weird ones that that cause the tv episode stuff um oh yeah so 
uh, like where there's the one that goes to like just drip acid through, and you know I have to climb up the pipe, and then there's the computer one that the oh, don't, don't forget the dance dance revolution one. I mean, oh yeah, that one there's a separate. You know that one freaking was a, that whole sequence was a masterpiece in and of itself. Which um, they did um, kind of reuse the the themes from that the, in the movie. Did. So they did, yeah. Um, and so I think there's. I think there's enough different stuff that you can take them. I mean, clearly they're, you know, you could say, look at the first one, the first five apps and say, well, this is just a redo of that. But then, you know, like halfway, well, halfway through the first five frames of Eva movie two, you're like, oh, okay, this is different. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's when you, I mean, the existence of Mario alone is is already like Mario Mario shows up the first five frame, Mario shows up, and then you get the non, the actual, like the non-angel monster that's still like a monster, but it's not an angel. I mean, we can probably do an entire episode on Mari alone. Oh, I have oh, a whole oh, heaping I, yes. lots okay. about right. to All talk right. about with Mari. I think we should save save yeah. that maybe for like a like a bonus episode or something because I think Mari justifies having the, a topic entire episode dedicated to her as a character. But uh, uh. but uh, I guess I, I have I have a lot of feelings as well. Uh, but to move this segment along, I guess what I'll say is I absolutely think you ha- in order to get the complete experience, you have to watch TV and the rebuilds. And that is a big ask for some people because that's I'm going a lot. to say and end of Ava too. Uh, well, I should, let me qualify. I, I always presume that EOE is tied with TV because you really don't get an ending that is digestible by a normal person with just TV and, you know, the whole budget, all the budget crises that Gynax had and everything. And then, you know, Anno finally being able to get the budget to make a, you know, big screen ending. And then that pissed people off even further. And then, you know, what, a uh, EOE was 99, so... Seven. 97, so 10 years later, you know, he gets he gets his redo. But uh, before, well, I'll stop rambling. Basically, what I'll say is, I think the single, as cheesy as it sounds, the the, the, what, the clicking moment for me was at towards the very end when, when Shinji says, uh, sayonara subete no evangelion, like, <laughs> fare, fare, yeah. farewell to all the evangelians that's when i clicked them like that's what he was trying to do is they were tying and they were tying everything together and there and we can go into this more i guess when we talk more about the plot but i feel like there is even if you look at a single element just as uh, such as uh, uh shinji and asuka's relationship if you base what you know about the relationship solely on the movies you're missing so much of kind of the reason why she has so much vitriol for him, right? I feel like yeah. you don't really get that unless you see TV and kind of see it build off of that. So you get some idea of it in the movies, but I feel like you really don't see see that, that whole relationship kind of start to finish in like a true sense of how I feel like how Anna wanted to represent it. So Yeah, my when I was when you asked that question and I kind of responded as um, that's, I was, and I kind of twisted the question, like, it's cause, uh, I have been lately trying to get some people to watch it in some way. And so like, um, thinking about what is the best way to get people into it was kind of at the top of my mind, but, uh, I, I totally agree with that. Like to get the full experience, you kind of have to watch 
everything. Um, and, and I would be a purist even and say, you should start with the TV series. But if I'm trying to like, I don't know, trick somebody into getting into Ava, uh, maybe the movies is a good place to start. I don't know though. I don't know. Um, I'm going to having processed it a little more flat out, say, yes, start with the TV is essential. Starting with the movies is like saying, start with the second half of Madoka Magica. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with Mike. Yeah. I think starting, starting with TV is essential. And honestly, if, if you, if TV doesn't like grab you by the balls or your, you know, fictitious or literal balls, then I don't know if the movies will do much more for you, to be honest. That's fair. Because, That's a good point. So, because... Uh, like I, caveat. Yeah. Caveat, if you have someone who's, like, super weeaboo and is like, oh, this this is such old animation, it doesn't look good. Well, turn it That's, off. It just go away. <laughs> That's 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 when I stop talking. You know, old me would have said that's when I take that person, strangle them, and throw their body in a river. But you know, now I'm I'm more more tolerant and woke. I'll also, just stop. older and weaker. Older and weaker as well. Yes, that good point. Um, I would just be like, well, I guess you know, we just we just aren't into the same things. And you know what? That's okay. Eva isn't for everybody. Um, and I think that's okay. I, I did have a about your comment about um, Anno's different stabs at this series. I did kind of have a, I don't know, a loose thought in my head, not well researched, but my impression of the TV shows and then the movies and then rebuild is that like uh, the TV show is this show that as Anno originally wanted to make it, um, you know, modulo budget issues and things like that. Um, and then there was the fan outcry. And so he made the movies to say, uh, fine. I still do it my way. And, and, you know, and he kills everybody. And I had the, the impression I was getting watching these movies was like, these were the movies that the fans that he thought the fans wanted. Mm. Um, I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree, but I also think that this is, I don't think on no of, of, is it 20 years ago of, <laughs> of 20 years ago would, have been capable of making these movies like him actually like him as Jesus and him like growing as a person you know getting married having a really supportive wife who honestly he's been very you know uh adamant that she was a big reason why he was able to finish the rebuilds like him actually getting his own personal life together and battling all his demons was what enabled him to make the rebuilds like how they were and i don't think he could have made this movie these this movie even back when the eoe was paid even when he was in his kind of like you know creative prime so to speak and, and as at his most you know uh like active i don't think he could have made the the fourth rebuild at that point in his life if you're if you're angry and you're hurt you're gonna make and you're an artist and you're making honest art you're gonna make angry and hurt art and that's what that's what Endeviva is that's yeah exactly that's probably yeah. the most elo- eloquent way to put it it's a very it's a it's a brilliant artist's lashing out at regular society like normies basically i feel like the rebuild movies at least the end of them i don't know if it was what he was intending when he started them but certainly the way he ended it was making peace with those fan demands and nudging them to move on that's an interesting uh, I had thought about that. 
But the, the thing that made me start thinking about this um, a lot more and that this him making more of a movie directly for the fans, um, giving them what they want, is I, I, I was trying to figure out. <laughs> I don't want to drag us into Mari talk, but I was trying to figure out what the <laughs> fuck was up with Mari. <laughs> okay. So I, I kind well. of got into this stuff where with production issues and uh, things like that with the movies. Um, um, and so, I, yeah. I have a th- I have a theory on Mari, and I think I'll save it for our. I think I think we're all in agreement. We're going to probably end up doing at least a half episode on Mari because I think she, I think that topic alone warrants a very long deep dive. So, um, I, I'll refrain from from going too <laughs> too far into it. But uh, I would give him a bit more credit than that. Is all I'll say. That's but, I think uh, that's fair. Yeah. But, well, Sam, I would I would also kind of counter because I always thought, particularly back when we watched. You know, End of Eva when it was, you know, more closer to coming out rather than closer to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. World War II. But it's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Um, that that I think I remember the discussion at that point was like it, it was always like, oh, you want an ending to Eva? Here's the, here's the ending you want to Eva. Yeah. And uh you know, and it was like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you, you really gave us what we asked for. We asked for a big cataclysmic battle ending. And, uh, yeah, now we're sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the best way to, def- from, again, if you go by single word descriptions, my feeling, my gut feeling, when I, f- I still remember to this day when I first watched uh, EOE. And I remember because I was a, a lonely otaku you know, nerd in high school with nobody talked to anime about because nobody did that back in the 90s. And I remember, you know, I, re- I went to my local Japanese video rental shop, Video Jun. That's that's the same place oh, that uh, we got Nasubi from yeah. back in the day. <laughs> uh, they had it, and I was like, oh, finally it's out. Because, you know, I was waiting two years for it. And uh, I skipped out on going to going to a, a party to watch it because I was like, screw that. I want, I want to watch the ending. And oh, I just remember yeah. watching it and going to the end and watching it not just till the end of the credits but to the point because it was a vhs tape to the where the vhs tape actually just stopped and the <laughs> vcr turned turned off and i just sat there dumbfounded and going back now the one word i would describe to my feelings back then was just empty like i felt very empty afterwards <laughs> yeah i don't remember a whole lot about how i felt about that because unfortunately when i watched it um, I, I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on because I watched it off of, uh, I had a Japanese exchange student, uh, and his family sent him, um, cause they knew I liked Ava. They sent a, they recorded it off of TV and sent it to me. And so I was watching this thing with like a printed out script. <laughs> and I think part way through the movie, I was like, I cannot just read this piece of paper, like keep looking down and stuff like losing my place. So uh, it was, uh, it left a big mark on me, but not as uh, much as it probably should have. It was well, amazing the looking though. Weird one out in that the first Ava I saw was end of Ava on a fan sub that I imported from Canada of all things. Oh, and the animation was amazing, but I had no idea whatsoever was what was going on. Oh and yeah, for sure. Then I watched Ava TV when we did in club. And by that point I'd already been kind of primed slash spoiled by the Rita fan sub. So I just, Ava never resonated with me. <laughs> like wow. I'm weird in that. I don't think I would have 
even said that I particularly like Ava until I watched the Rebuild movies, well, the first two again, the last two, for the first time, just leading up to this podcast. And now I guess I'd say, yes, I like Ava. So I'd say the Rebuilds were pretty effective then. Yeah, they they did their <laughs> job. They turned a, a, a complete non-fan of of a couple of decades into one, so mission well, accomplished. I'm not sure if it's that, honestly, because the rebuilds didn't do much for me the first time I saw them either. I think for better or worse, I was in a place where Ava resonates with me more at 41 than it did at 31 or 21, and that's probably not... doesn't say anything great about me, honestly, <laughs> but I, I think it that, is what that, it is. I think there's truth to that for whatever that means um because the, the movies are and the series are a lot of Anno putting himself into it right Absolutely. and so as we go through these ages that Anno was at the time that he was making these things right like it makes sense that we'd kind of be a different level of appreciating these things i don't know maybe think... that's a little trying too hard but <laughs> no, i mean i, I think I, that's I think a sign of onto something yeah i mean i think that's a sign of good art if you can because I've certainly, you know, similarly watched the show in my twenties and thirties, and now in my now in my early forties, and watched the show there. And every time I watch it, I take away something else and something interesting from it, which is uh, something you, I don't think you get from art. And just uh, saying something about myself, like, you know, I'm in you know, counseling because, you know, I'm a, you know, barely functioning adult. Um, my counselor suggested watching a TV thing. And what I picked was to watch Eva. And I did it where I tried to, as watching the TV series, basically at every time possible, I tried to write down what I thought Shinji was feeling like what I what I felt Shinji was feeling at the time and it was really interesting um because you know I'm terrible at feelings as most otakus and peoples are amen um but it was really interesting because I assume because I'm used to being like oh Shinji that whiny brat but in watching it with that perspective, I actually came to understand and uh, I don't know what exactly the term respect, but but came to see Shinji as more than this Empathize whiny brat. Yeah, and uh, so it was definitely a, so it was on this whole thing where I watched this show again for I don't know who knows the tenth, twentieth time or whatever, and had a completely different impression of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I yeah I agree a hundred percent. I've watched. I, I'm very confident in saying Eva is easily my most watched show of my life. Uh, I'm by a by a, I think it's first place by a very large margin. I've watched that show at at least a dozen times, probably. So yeah, and yeah, I always. You know, uh, like it was always kind of like hip to like hate on Shinji, like you know, when Eva was still kind of the the new the TV show was the new hotness like twenty years ago, you know, in the states. But I I don't know. I always felt I I, I he I think Honor did a really good job of like making how he responded pretty 
believable in all honesty because i mean i can't think of too many you know preteens that would that had his upbringing would you know suddenly just be able to yeah i'll i'll fucking ride this big ass creepy looking organic robot and save the world from crazy aliens like i can't think of too many like you know kids damaged kids that could do that and and stay healthy mentally so yeah he's and he's really damaged like oh yeah i mean yeah like you say we he was the punching bag for um people like, yeah shouldn't you get in the robot you know the, all those fun jokes but yeah man like i can't really blame him right like it's a pretty messed up situation he's in yeah like it for the audience looking on is like damn right i'd get into the robot that's wish fulfillment for us but not if you're where shinji is yeah exactly so i i i and i think um one thing ano did better than i expected at the rebuilds was being able to convey that in shinji in a much more compressed like time frame as far as screen time right because technically time period time passing like what well, well, like 30 years or something passed in, in the rebuilds because of the time time gap between two and three so yeah or, is that right was that it was right 14 it was 14 14 years that's right and then and yeah mir- miraculously the pilots all stay at state teenagers of course yeah Curse of the Ava, yeah. Curse of the Ava, yeah, whatever. They, they, Not they gotta... miraculously, I feel like it's because the audience wouldn't accept the Ava characters growing up. And let's be real, you're not going to be able to sell 35-year-old bodied Asuka figures in Japan ever, right? Like, if she doesn't have the physical stature of a 14-year-old, nobody will buy that. So I, I don't know, like, I mean, they definitely, I, I think they for sure did it for uh, I'm not saying that's the sole reason, but I'm sure that there was that was a. Inf- Let's be real. At most of Eva's money making is in the merch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for like sure. Almost, I would say like eighty percent of the the their you know income stream is probably from merch and licensing merch. So just saying, time time leap stuff is in vogue right now. So it uh, is. Well, I mean, right now, that's been in vogue for like the last fifteen yeah. years. I feel. Yeah, time flies. You're right. true. I mean, <laughs> so true. like. Yeah, I know. You think recently, but then like, no, that's actually really old. Crap. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I kind of had to prepare myself for this podcast was like when referring to things as like recently. I'm like, no, Bebop isn't recent. Bebop aired what two years after Eva? So yeah, really yeah, ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so going back to the going back to the rebuilds and to and to rebuild one, like I'm, I'm still tr- I'm trying to figure. Considering like immediately in episode in in rebuild two, it diverges quite a bit from the TV. If you know from that opening scene, you're like, okay, cool. Like you get established. All right, we're doing something new and different. And then it goes back into some of the more kind of TV stuff, but it's all redone and different. But um, I'm trying to I'm still I'm trying to figure out why the first rebuild started out so similar to the TV series. As opposed to doing something more different? Yeah, as opposed to, yeah, doing something more different. Like, on some level, I'm like, well, I mean, why not? You you had a great thing, you know, the, you know, the first, you know, that first batch of episodes of the TV series are, you know, they're incredible. 
but it's kind of like, well, why not? I've tried to figure it out. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's something from a, like a artistic lack of confidence to go and take it further out, or if it was intentional to give people, you know, comfort level. Like I still, I love the first rebuild. Like I think this, I think the basically everything that was done, I feel pretty much was done better than in the TV series with the exception of the episode one, episode two break, because episode one of Ava TV, you know, it's one of the top episode ones of any show ever. It's It's just perfect. I mean, it's It's the pacing and everything. And it stops before you even get the battle. And you're just left going like, wait, you're supposed to fight. Yeah. And then you start episode two and they still don't fight. Um, so I don't, I'm curious other people's opinions on why episode, why uh, 1.11 is so similar. Um, my thoughts on that, I th- again just tinfoil hat and speculation, but my and, and it worked. I only I, have, I guess this is my thoughts because it worked on me. Is their goal was to have ep- you know rebuild one was supposed to be. It, it was familiar and it kind of was disarming. Like people were coming into it, you know, really with, I feel like with their shields up and like, Oh, I don't know. New Eva kind of weird. I'm not sure if I'm going to like changes. And then it's more or less a complete retelling of the first five, six, five to eight episodes of the TV series. Right. With some, with some modifications and incredible animation. And that was very disarming. People were like, Oh, okay. This is, it's like a comfy chair. Like, Oh, this is nice. And then, Rebuild 2 starts, and like we said, in the first five seconds, you're like, well, this is very different, and suddenly you're, you know, I feel like it engaged me more. I'm like, whoa, this is not at all, this isn't what I signed up for, what's going on? But you've already watched the first one, so I feel like psychologically you're more invested to stay with it, right, if it's, if, if you want to see what's going to happen. I feel yeah, like I, the inherent I ri- the inherent risk of doing, making the first one incredibly divergent would be that it would turn a lot of it could potentially have a, a lot of people have knee-jerk reactions like oh this is an eva and they'll walk away from it and because they were able to walk away from the first one they're okay not watching the rest even if they might be amazing whereas if you at least make the first one really familiar you know for certain the diehard eva fans will watch it regardless and there's a strong possibility of a lot of them being like hey i know you never watched eva but look it's like it's the movies are, are basically the same let's go watch it. it may be brought in some new blood which i'm sure it did because i there's an entire generation of anime watchers who watched the rebuilds before they watched tv because the rebuilds were more available to them so i i think it was a part of their strategy and i think it worked like it was to drag people in and then they went with their master plan which was here is here is us completely destroying everything you guys knew about eva and here's our final vision here you go i did when i was doing my little bit of research i was there's a bunch of uh inter, well i guess this one long interview with um Tsurumaki about the movies because um, ano didn't want to do an interview so he made him do it um <laughs> <laughs> and so but uh, apparently the series is uh, that. Oh man, I, I forgive me if I screw this up, but it's like he's. This is the movie that will destroy Ava, right? Like, just to basically turn it all on its on its head. And part of the conflict during production was um, how they were going to change things um, 
there was a big resistance to changing things because uh, you have the first series and it all works, you know, more or less tightly, right? Like everybody knows it and all this stuff. Um, and there was a concerns about changing things because it might, as the difficulty in um, maintaining continuity uh, as you change things, like, you know, you want to hit certain beats um, with certain characters and do certain things. Um, so if you change things, um, keeping all that stuff straight, it's difficult. Um, and that was definitely hard for them, but they specifically did not want it to just be a rehash of everything. So I, I don't know, maybe the first movie is also partly like, let's just lay the groundwork here so that everybody, yes. Hey, remember this thing? Yeah. Like from forever ago, you probably don't remember everything that happened. So let's just show you, um, it's an easy win. We know how to make a high quality version of all this. <laughs> Um, while we still figure out what the hell we're going to do with the rest of it. I, I don't you know. have to set it up before you can tear it down. Yeah. And, you know, again, kind of cynical of me, but I mean, we we all have a good idea of how the anime industry is. Is It's entirely likely that a lot of future, like, VC funding was contingent on how well the first rebuild did. And obviously doing something that is tried and true and just making it shinier is a safe bet, especially with Eva versus trying to do some reinvent the wheel. Like that's a real risky proposition, right? So I'm wondering if that was potentially, you know, a factor in it as well. I mean, it has to be, right? Like within the anime industry, like funding is like one of the chronic issues and it's been like that for literally ever. Funding so. or not, you had to get the audience on board and earn their trust. I mean, yeah. it's like Disney's first Star Wars. It really had to hit the familiar beats, though Disney obviously hasn't managed their Star Wars nearly as well as Zano managed Ava. I was, I was about to say, please don't compare Star Wars. That's, that's, not, fair <laughs> but, to Eva, that's not fair to Eva at all. <laughs> but in the rehash of the familiar and earning the audience's trust because they're going to be skeptical... That's where I keep coming back to that episode, to episode seven. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. I think that, I think we're all kind of in the same thing there. The other, my other thought is you guys were saying that I came back to is like, well, we're also watching, we're all, I mean, that question also comes back, like from the perspective of knowing that two was so different and then three was so so different and then four was so so different so it's like we've diverged so much from the expectations that it's like you're trying to like look back in history and then be like oh why wasn't one so much different whereas at the time looking at one like i still love one it's it's real. it's one of those things where you're like aside from you know like episode one's pacing of the tv series being so great i'd almost be like yeah well the movie version of all of those is just better like the monsters look cooler they make more sense they don't have like these weird like straight like pin drop drills they like expand out and and have like their drill parts that are trying to drill down are more like oh yeah that makes sense that's exactly what they wanted to animate and they just didn't have the time and the money to animate the drill right so they have this weird just straight drill coming out of the the thing, the uh, the cube. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of my my final thought on that question I brought up. Also, within the plot, making it an escaping a time loop story, pretty much any time loop story, the first part is always the most similar part. Yeah, that's a thing. Do we want to do we want to address that 
here and start plot topping on that, or do we want to keep on this uh, some of these other some of these other topics and things within the uh, stuff? Mm, the, I'm, I'm thinking the at this point because we're closing in on you know ten minutes left for the episode. Maybe we should just at this point. We should, it sounds like we're gonna have at least three episodes dedicated to Eva, right? <laughs> so <laughs> probably which I'm okay with because I think it warrants it, but. I wouldn't. I don't necessarily mind just holding off on plot discussions for an. I save an entire hour for that because I don't think it's fair to sh- only leave ten minutes for the plot. That's doing a massive disservice. I think yeah. so. I feel. And so may, okay. no, maybe we can start talking about. Maybe we can talk about more. I don't want to say superficial, but more peripheral things to to so Eva. I, like yeah, I have a meta so. thing. Um, yeah. So like, uh, obviously. I watched them all, so I have the Blu-rays for uh, 1, 2, and 3 Rebuild movies. Um, but I watched them all on Prime because, one, I couldn't find the first two Blu-rays. Um, <laughs> and and then three, I was like, well, I'm, I've already started watching these other ones on Prime. I'm used to it, so I'll just finish. Um, I felt bad, but uh, the quality was um, decent. Um but so I like, I still haven't even opened my 3.0 movie. It's, I knew where the 3.0 is. It's sitting in front of the TV, <laughs> but I didn't even open it. But I, so I'm watching these movies and one and two. Great. I was actually really impressed with the quality. Um, just, you know, encoding a lot of stuff. I expected to pick up something pretty good, except for, you know, obviously there are difficult parts for the bit rate. But when I got to three, uh, the f- subtitles were Closed caption subtitles and it drives me up the wall. Okay, so and I was gonna add, I was gonna talk about that. So I did I thought that was just how all Amazon Prime is stuff is because I don't watch Prime normally. the The way I worked around and watched um, the uh, Thrice Upon a Time legally was I I did that holiday season free month of Amazon Prime uh-huh. stuff they try to hinge hooking with, and then I watched it during Christmas because I'm like screw it, I need to watch it as soon as possible. I'm not gonna subscribe to prime otherwise so i said screw it i'll just do it this way and that's how i did and i noticed yeah it was closed caption stuff i'm like is this how they subtitle everything like who accepts how is this acceptable was what i was thinking i don't know what do you was how the subs for one and two were on amazon when i watched it when i watched it what do you mean by closed caption subs it'll say like grunting sound or like clashing music it didn't have that it had i'm just talking about the visual style the like the black box, black oh no, yeah. Background, which I think which you just had the wrong also. subtrack selected for three and four. So uh, I, yeah, one and two had the right ones for sure when I watched it, and I had the same setting on. And I, when I got to the fourth movie, it was so distracting that like I stopped several times in the middle, be like, "Am I sure I'm not missing it?" I, there's only one English track, but there was every other <laughs> language in the universe. <laughs> the English one was. The, the only English track on there for subtitles had closed captions, and it, oh, it annoyed well, me. Maybe they fixed it later, because that definitely was not my experience, having watched for just, you know, an hour ago. Well, okay, yeah. my opinion of the Prime players anyway, so it could be Yeah, that. <laughs> um, I, that's what I was going to say. Was I, while I'm happy that I got to see, you know, uh, a Thrice Upon a Time legally on, you know, before a physical release, and before, I, I miraculously avoided any spoilers for that movie for a year. Um, I just, yeah. I, and I just desperately had to watch it because I just knew it was going to only be a matter of time before it was horribly it spoiled for me. may have affected my take that I got spoiled pretty much right after it came out, even though I haven't watched it now, because my reaction at the time was, meh, Ava, I don't really care. 
So having yeah. actually had spoilers for the ending may have affected my rewatch of the movies. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, no, I was just going to say on the uh, on the Prime thing. Yeah, I watched. I watched. All, I think I watched all of them on there. Like the other thing that is nice is that they are like 4K, 4K versions of it. Oh. Um, and you get the Dolby Atmos and everything there. So. Um, I do have to say that uh, One Last Kiss has the most bass in anything I've ever that, watched. You, you, that's like, true. You're segueing. My couch is, my couch is literally like <laughs> bouncing. Bounce, my couch is I got my sub behind the couch there. I got my Sonos sub back there. I've never heard so much bass in a song ever. And like normally I would be like, oh, this is too much. But just like the end of the movie and everything, you're just like, no, crank it up even louder, even louder. So this actually segues perfectly into, uh, I guess, uh, a question I had was, what are your guys' feelings on having uh, Hikaru Utara do do Beautiful World and One Last Kiss as, and like have those be like the showcase songs for for the rebuild? What What are your guys' thoughts on that? I'll jump in. I love them. Uh, I think those songs. I, I I think I think I think they're both awesome. I think, aside from just that, the insert songs in, uh, particularly in two and then in four, like the insert songs in four are, just I think they're incredible. Like, like I just have the the ending song that Megumi sing in the end of four, just like the Itsumade, Itsumade, just like, it just rolls through my head constantly now. It's all probably go insane from that, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I love, I love those songs. I love the different uh, remixes of it. It's definitely different from Cruel Angel Thesis, but I think she did some really excellent, like, lyricizing of the thing. Um, the lyrics are really cool, and I think they, you know, really speak to characterization issues and stuff and then interesting as well she did the english translation of the lyrics well so that's the thing is utada actually is technically japanese american because i believe she was born in new york or maybe she was born in yeah. japan but she lived in new york for a long ass time Her she was Eng- raised in new york yeah she she actually has she's she has flawless english so that's the big advantage of using her she can actually just sing like English language versions of all those. That's why they. That's why the Kingdom Hearts songs are so beloved by literally the entire country. I'm not big on KH, but I do like the music, and uh, I, I and it's because Utada is is bi, like truly bilingual and she can sing in both languages and, and with like equal ranges. So I I agree. I think she was a great pick, and she's honestly one of the only like super idols that I'm like a big fan of. Those are yeah. I I don't have a. I, I thought there was um maybe some secret about them. Like there was some controversy that, with them, but I, I thought they were great. I didn't really think much of them. I thought they were good songs. All the music in all the movies was fantastic. I was just, uh, on Apple music looking at, um, um, Chiro Sagisu has, uh, like a lot of his music on there. And so I started listening to a bunch of his stuff and just, that guy's just so good. Yeah. Agreed. I, Ava has always had fantastic soundtracks. I say that even as someone who, didn't consider myself an Ava fan. I still had the soundtracks for a damn good reason. In some ways, I felt like for the TV series and then some of the re- Refrain series, like they were enhanced versions of the Nadia soundtrack. Um, yeah, some of them certainly were. And then, and then in uh, in two point, and then in in the Rebuild two, he reuses some of his great tracks he made for Kare Kano. 
Um, <laughs> but the songs are so great. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Everybody gets to hear this great song now rather than the 15 people that watched Karikano. <laughs> yes. I mean, I also have the Nadia and Karikano soundtrack. So, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, When I was listening to his catalog of music, I definitely, he has a um, flavor. Like I was listening to um gridman gridman i like to say um and yeah it like listening to some of the kind of battle music they have is like oh man this is like uh i don't know upside down world ava music it's it's very echoes of ava and a lot of that music um so but you know it's like john williams you know like they've got a, a kind of a sound and it's good yeah agreed uh yeah, I have zero complaints about any of the sound, the song selections and the remixes they do to the movies. I was one. I, well, that's one area I feel like where there's little debate. Uh, they did. I think they they crushed it. I think Udata did a great job with all the remixes. Um, I was a little bit. Uh, I guess that's. I guess the 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 old school like Otaku and me was like they better use Beautiful World for every single movie, and I was <laughs> kind of. A little skeptical of one last kiss but then I, I i i i didn't ever listen to it before the movies i don't want it to taint you know even have that be like corrupt my my opinion of the movie so my first time hearing that song in its complete like its entirety was actually at the credit roll and i was like never mind this song this song slaps too so i was totally okay with it and then she, and then she goes into that 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 like slow you know uh acoustic beautiful world after that so i was like okay my 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 life is complete now i'm i'm good to go well, you don't get it after three. Oh, that's true, huh? Three didn't. Yeah, three you, didn't. Have you it. don't get it. You yeah. don't get it for three. You just get people walking off in that's infinite right. yeah. sadness. And that's that's another reason why I think uh, three is easily the the weakest of the of the four for me, and it's not even like close. Mm. Three felt there's a, there's like a hot take. Was very. I'm not sure if three would be what it was with if. Trigger and other shows hadn't gone in the directions they did. Like somehow, three felt very Trigger influenced to me. Oh, that's an interesting take. What do you mean by that? I don't know. It's just something about the atmosphere and the way it was over the top felt over the top a bit in an Imaishi way to me. Hmm. Oh, like the like the not going super plot, but just kind of like the big Eva battles and stuff in there. That sort of yeah, and is that the what sense you mean by of that? what was cool. That felt it, to me. Mm. It felt pretty much in line with what the way Ava is kind of was in the TV show. So I didn't feel like that was. Uh, I don't know. I didn't uh, get the trigger vibe. I don't know. I may be way off on that. It. I've literally watched the TV show once, and that was when we watched it in Summer Mina twenty years ago, give or take. So I will be rewatching it probably before we. Do the last Ava app of this podcast, honestly, if we're yeah. going to do Yeah, at, at this rate, we're going to just turn into an Eva podcast, because clearly we can still talk about this. I want to continue on a not quite rebuild, but another musical controversy, oh. which is the Netflix end song, uh, Replace. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. So, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a licensing thing, right? Because the... Well, because Eva's licensing is already so con- complicated, and uh, I, I don't, I think it was a, the, the rights were not necessary. I think the international rights expired like a really long time ago, so that's why only in Japan do they still have 
Um, well, apparently they may not have even ever had the international rights. Like, ADV may have just thrown it on there even though they didn't. Hmm, really? Assuming that they did, but... I it can't imagine they could get they away with that. Had. That's I a mean, pretty massive so song to, to, to pi- effectively pirate, but who knows? It's Frank Sinatra, Greenfield. right? Yeah, it is, it is Sinatra. Well, I mean, there's... Isn't every version of it in the original different, or at least several of them? Um, yeah, they're all different. Yeah, there's, there's not all. No, there's like seven oh. or eight versions, but there is like a standard one that is used for I love those. I mean, I that means it. you wouldn't need to only license it once, but you'd need international rights to license it seven or eight times. For the remixes. Mm, well, it wouldn't, be, I don't, it wouldn't be on Sinatra, because Sinatra, unless I'm crazy, I could be crazy, but he didn't he didn't write it. Um, oh, that's true. So there's different. There's difference because there's and this this we all learned from Bob Dylan's catalog sales because there is the catalog for songwriting and then there's the catalog for performing. So it would have had to be a rights thing about the songwriting because clearly you know it's the Hayashibara and other people that are doing the mm-hmm. uh, the performance. Um, yeah, the lyrics are apparently Bart Howard, whoever that is. Yeah, that was like a big thing back in the day where most performers did not write their own songs. Like, that was super common. Yeah, um, I mean, even now, there's a lot who don't. But yeah. do you remember the anime industry, you know, the U.S. anime industry wasn't necessarily totally up on music licensing in their 90s, early 2000s releases. That's and definitely some, true. like, Media Blasters did get slapped down for that. <laughs> Kenshin redub. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, uh. Let's leave that at that, I guess. But uh, uh, we we did just ding an hour in, so maybe we uh, we outro for for now, and we restart with uh, probably next ep- next episode can be d- deep diving and just into the plot stuff. That sounds good to you guys. That sounds good to me. Yes. All right. Awesome. Uh, any any final words from uh, from each of you before uh, before we outro? Uh, Kaji's English is still um, that's all I'll say <laughs> Mike or Dylan it's too fresh for me I got nothing honestly fair uh, final thoughts is in including any sort of plot and end of discussion I want to include in their discussion of the manga as well which Absolutely. is the other official version of of the thing which also ran for like 20 years yeah I I will say I guess my final thought will be I, my my statement earlier about the the you know farewell to to all Evangelion I I honestly feel like that was meant towards every single property because the movies touch on a lot of stuff they even touch on the girlfriend of steel manga which is like a freaking oh. shoujo manga that I I think like <laughs> that was I, a game wasn't it well there was a game but then they made an official manga afterwards. Which, oh, okay. I, which I read. It was shoujo manga, and uh, oh we, yeah, and we can go into that. I, I I I may be one of the handful of people that actually read that in in, in like period appropriate, but yeah, there's definitely yeah. Re- deep references to that for sure. So uh, I I can't wait to 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 kind of sc- crack open that egg. But uh, the but yeah. manga will be all you guys. But I look forward to hearing about it. But yeah, uh, this 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 was good times, and uh, looking forward to to talking with you, gentlemen, on our uh, on our next episode. 
so yeah thank you uh thank you anybody who was uh listening this was the pilot episode of uh ammo kenzuku and uh we are signing off Mata